0: Identify the amount of work. Why is that important? Because um, unless you have an e-commerce business, right? And if you have a service-based business, then you might work 50 hours a week. But especially in the early stages of your business, you're not going to be able to spend all of your activity on money-making activity, right? The goal is to spend as much as possible, the goal is obviously also to leverage technology to drive sales and things of that nature. But again, just keeping it super simple because the average business owner that's, you know, just getting started or just ramping up, they're not necessarily gonna be privy to all of these uh, different luxuries that exist, right? Welcome to The Uncensored Show with your host, George Paul, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Show. So, last week I told you guys that uh, I was going to come back with a follow up episode because we talked about four reasons why not charging your worth is basically bad for everyone. So, who would I be to leave you hanging without giving you at least my insight on how you can actually quantify your value so that you can charge your worth? Uh, Before we get into that, uh, a few housekeeping things uh, So as you guys know I think I mentioned it on the previous episode That we are now doing our money mailbag segments Okay This is your opportunity for free financial game Okay So I wanted to start this episode off So like the, the questions that you send me in my DMs About uh, money, debt, bills, investing, saving, budgeting, etc Now's your chance to get those questions answered live on the show for free. All you got to do is go to the link in the link in my bio on Instagram. I think it's like free financial game. You'll see a a button on there where you can submit uh, your question or you can keep it super simple. Um, You can send me uh, a voice note uh, right in my direct messages. You can uh, record a video of yourself asking the question and sending me that in direct messages or however you want to get it to me. We'll figure it out. We're not fancy, uh, but the more the story is if you have questions, ask me for our money mailbag segment, okay? Um, also, if you have anything funny, right? If you, uh, if may, maybe there's a, a situation in the past um, and now you can look back and laugh on it. You're like, man, I can't believe this happened to me, but I do want to share it with Uh, the world. And so they can get get either a good kick out of it as well, or so that they can learn from my mistakes and not have the same thing happen to them. All right. So seven steps to quantifying your value. Okay. Because when you are in business, right. And you're first, you're just getting started out. You don't know, right. You don't know, uh, what to charge, right? You're probably just Googling online and looking to see who's charging what in the similar industry, and you're kind of just throwing darts at a wall, right? You don't really know if that's what you should charge, right? And so there is a seven step process that I believe that everyone should take to quantifying their value when it comes to business, okay? First thing you want to do before you even get into this process, right? First thing you want to do is you want to count the costs, right? Because building a business the right way is no easy feat, right? I mean, you you can finesse your way to like a $100,000 probably, but when you really want to start building a real business for the long haul, it, it requires a lot, right? You got to think about your infrastructure, your processes, your marketing, your operation, your sales, Uh, Your branding, right? There's a lot of things that have to go into it. Like you don't just get to say, "Hey, I want to charge more money," and you know I'm not going to have a sound business. Like there's a lot that you have to think about. And so before you get ahead of yourself, and when it comes to even jumping in business or thinking about that you want to raise your rates, like you have to count the cost. Like is do I really have what it takes or the desire? Because I think everybody has what it takes. Um, Do I have the desire? to execute on this vision, okay? Let me give you a real practical example of this. If you're a business owner, you always are attracted to new tools, new technology, new resources that you think you're going to use to grow your business, right? And what you do is you scroll down the page, you're looking at the features, you're looking at the integrations, you're like, man, this tool is going to be great. And then you do, you spend Three to four minutes doing all that, um, checking out the tool. What what can it do, et cetera, et cetera, and then you do what after doing all that, you check the price. And what if the price is mm, just a few bucks more than you than you want to pay, or a few hundred dollars more than you want to pay? It's like ooh, yeah, I'm not I'm not with that, right? And so when you don't count the cost first, you tend to waste a little bit of time. A lot of time in some cases, especially in business, like in that example, you might have wasted five minutes like, okay, now I'm not going to use that tool. Maybe next time or maybe, you know, uh, I'll find another alternative. But in real life, in real business, when you um, don't count the cost before you start building something, you could find yourself um, in the middle of uh, a business that you don't even really want or don't have the capacity to continue to build. So the first thing you want to do is count the cost, really sit down, think about what is it going to take to grow this business? Okay, really put some real thought and some real time into that. Once you've done that, the first question you need to ask yourself, or I guess I should say the second question, because that was the first step is counting the cost. The second thing you need to do is identify what the ideal life and business looks like. Okay. Because when it comes to building a business, you really have to think about business and lifestyle alignment, okay? Because when you look at people's results, it's easy to say, oh, I want I want to do that. I want to build the next Facebook. I want to build the next whatever it is, right? It's easy to get caught up in that. But when you don't know the interworkings of what it takes to build that, going back to my first point, and... You don't know if building a business of that magnitude, in this case, um, what that will mean for your actually your actual lifestyle, and does it align with that? Again, you could find yourself in the middle of something that you don't want to be in. You can't say that my ideal lifestyle is, you know, working from anywhere, being on the beach, sipping mai tais, you know, earning money while I sleep. But but you want to build the next Facebook, right? Um, I don't know how many employees Facebook has, but I know it's thousands. Right. And when you're the leader of a thousand person company. Right. You're not going to be sipping my ties in the middle of the day. Right. That's more of a a freelancer or Internet entrepreneur who sells digital products. Right. So or I mean, there's plenty of professions that you could do that in. But you have to make sure there is an alignment there. Because if you know there, I don't believe that there is a business life and a personal life. I believe that you have one life and if you don't have alignment between the thing that you're going to spend a third, a minimum of a third of your time doing, of course, all of us entrepreneurs know that sometimes it's more than a third of your time uh, quite regularly. um, You have to make sure that it aligns with your ideal life, right? Is the business I'm trying to build Does that match up with the way that I see me spending my time? Will this give me the time that I want to spend with my family? Will it give me the time I want to travel? If those are your things, right? That's your jam. You need to make sure that is infused and intertwined in understanding what your business is going to look like, right? Because if you just go out and want to build the biggest thing and haven't thought about how that affects your actual life and how that intertwines, you'll find yourself in a pretty precarious situation. Now, further than that, um, you also want to really get tactical, right? So the first things that I mentioned were kind of like high level, like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? But like, once you've thought through that, then you want to think about like, okay, um, well, I want to go to Dubai, right? I want to go to these places. Um, And then start to, because this is, I would say this is an not an annual exercise, but like you need to kind of have an ideal like budget, right? Target for these things, because this is going to play into the overall scenario um, that I'll explain a little bit later. So like, where are you able to travel? How much travel do you do? What is your, um, what kind of house do you have? What kind of car do you drive? Are your kids in private school? Um, Are they in public school? Like, like what are these things? Like what does your ideal life in business look like? Because the reality is, your ideal life has a price tag, right? At least one that you can benchmark. And so when you backdoor into what it's going to cost you to build that life, you can now understand if you're building a business that's going to be able to map to that, right? So you need to put quantifiable dollar amounts to the business that you're trying to build to support the lifestyle that you want to live right? So what are those things that I want to do? Where are those places that I want to go? What are those things that I want to buy? And what does that look like? How much money do I need to earn a year? Is it 100, 200, 300,000, 400,000, half a million, 5 million? That gives you some understanding of the type of business you need to build versus just arbitrarily saying, oh, you know, as long as I can earn a quarter million dollars, I'm good. And you start to look at the life that you say you want, and those two things aren't quite adding up, right? Alright, so now that you've taken the time Or at least in that step To quantify what the ideal life looks like Now you need to take some time to think about What do you need to sustain your business? Okay. Because one of the problems a lot of business owners make is they want to get too grand too fast. They want to spread their wings so far so that they can look like they have this phenomenal business, but now it's really impacting their profitability, right? So you want to understand at least on a fundamental level, what do I need to make my business work, right? Um, do I have office space? Do I need that? Do I have certain supplies that I have to buy? Uh, do I have certain software that I have to use? Uh, do, is there a certain, um, team member or staff I have to hire or that I already have in place? Um, what is, what are all the things I need to make, to sustain my business? Not, don't even think growth trajectory just yet. Think about, okay, the business that I have right now, right. Or the business that I'm about to build right now, what, does it cost me to run this thing? Okay. Because part of your decision making and deciding what you need to charge your business, again, is all going to be wrapped up in what you and your individual business in life actually looks like, not what Joe Blow down the street is doing, right? You're building a business to take care of. Your life, or your employee's life, or whoever it is that you're building your business for, right? These are numbers that you actually need to quantify, right? So get into the numbers of what are those business expenses? What is the cost that it's going to take to sustain this business? Now, naturally, um, you know, in step two, when you talked about, or when we talked about, um, what is the ideal. A business in life look like, right? Sustaining your business is probably just the baseline, right? It's like, how can I get this thing off the ground um, and so that I can march towards the next step, right? So the next step would be, what do I need to grow my business, right? Because we might have already articulated what the ideal business looks like, but before we get too esoteric and philosophical, we want to be able to understand, okay, that sounds great, but what about right now, what do I need to do right now to even have a business that I can use as a platform to grow, right? So once you've quantified that, it's like, okay, what do I need um, in order for my business to grow? Because when you think about growth, that's when you really get into the ideal aspect of your lifestyle, right? Because in the beginning, it might be you and an assistant, or maybe just you um, and uh, some some contractors on Fiverr that you use every now and then, like in the beginning, it's probably pretty lean, right? Right. But when you talk about growing the business and not, you know, you having to do everything and being stretched out and burnt out, then you can start to dream a little bit and say, "Okay, all right, well, in a perfect world, I got a a full time assistant. I have a marketing person. I have an operations person. Like, you know, you, you again, you wrap your head around it. OK, well, based upon my business and their workload and what they're going to be doing, um, what is the market rate for that type of salary? Right. Or maybe there's some things you want to do in the way of your company culture. or Maybe you want to have a different type of office space. Like what are those things that you're going to have to invest in inevitably to grow your business? OK, and Those things have a quantifiable cost, and the thing with these exercises, guys, is not to get super caught up in the rigid. I always struggle with this word, like rigidity, rigidity, the rigidness. Is that it? Um, of of the numbers, right? Because it's not about that, but it's about understanding. Okay, what do I need to do? What? How can I wrap my head around the numbers at least at at a relatively high level? Like that I'm going to need to grow my business, okay? that I'm going to need to sustain my business, that I'm going to need to build my ideal lifestyle. Because if you at least start there, then you'll be able to ultimately backdoor into some specifics. But if you don't even start with at least the concept of what it's going to look like, then you probably haven't really thought about how you want your life and business to look. All right. So here's another one that really thinks about uh, that ideal business in life, right? Because sometimes, again, we just think about, I want to build the biggest thing. I want to build the biggest thing. And then you don't realize the biggest thing takes the biggest amount of work, right? So this next step, step five, is identify the level of work that is required for you to deliver your product or service, okay? Identify the amount of work. Why is that important? Because um, unless you have an e-commerce business, Right. If you have a service based business, then you might work 50 hours a week, but especially in the early stages of your business, you're not going to be able to spend all of your activity on money making activity. Right. The goal is to spend as much as possible. The goal is obviously also to leverage technology to drive sales and things of that nature. But again, just keeping it super simple because the average business owner that's you know just getting started or just ramping up, they're not necessarily going to be privy to all of these uh, different luxuries that exist, right? Um, so if it's you going out and making sales, picking up the phone, sending LinkedIn messages, creating content, whatever it is that you're doing um, that actually is money generating activity, there's a finite amount of time that you're going to spend on that. It's not the 50 or 60 hours that you're working that week. It might only actually be more like 15 to 20, right? And of course, it could vary per business, but you have to identify that amount of time that you're actually spending on money-making activity, right? And then on top of that, the level of work in totality that is required to deliver your product or service. Why are these things important when it comes to quantifying your value? The reason why it's important is because You need to decide based upon my ideal life. Well, how much time do I want to spend doing this stuff? Right. You might say, I only want to spend X amount of X amount of time working. Okay. well, if you only want to spend, let's just say, uh, 20 hours client facing. Right. Then you can backdoor into, okay. what are all the other things that I have to do to deliver this product or service that I have? And then based upon that and the amount of hours that I want to work, that's going to tell me based upon how much I generate per client, that's going to tell me how much I need to charge so that I can make the money that I need to make. Right. Because it's there's qualitative aspects to this and there's quantitative aspects. Right. The qualitative is your your lifestyle. Right. How do you feel? Right. Then the quantitative is like, okay, well, what are the exact numbers that I need to make this feeling or this lifestyle work? So in this part of the exercise, step five, it's really understanding, okay, thinking back to what that ideal lifestyle is that I mapped out, what amount of time and effort do I desire to put into building this so that my I can make the amount of money that I need to make On the amount of effort and time that I want to put out, okay? So it's very, very important to understand that Because if not, again, you could have this big revenue goal Have this big lifestyle goal And then you find yourself working to the bone Not able to achieve it because why? you didn't think about it, right? You didn't actually forecast what it was gonna look like because you didn't understand or factor in all the steps associated with the ideal business and lifestyle that you wanna live. What's up guys, George Ashenpong here, founder of the Melanin Million Movement. Did you guys know that the Melanin Million Movement is on a mission to help 100,000 people of color invest their first or next $1,000 in the stock market, effectively creating $100 million of new wealth among people of color. If you haven't heard about it, head over to melaninmoney.com. Check out the Get Started page. There's also some great apparel on the site to help you spread the word without having to say a thing. All right. So what is the sixth step in the process? The sixth step in the process is market analysis. And this is the one that everybody wants to jump to. Everyone wants to jump to market analysis because it seems easier. Like you see an industry leader and it's like, oh, what are they charging? But you don't know how lean their business is. They might have more scale than you um, so they can charge less. Uh, They might have funding. Like there's a lot of factors that you are unaware of um, when it comes to just going out and just looking at what your competition is doing. I'm not saying you don't want to have a pulse, right? You obviously want to have a pulse on what your competition is doing. You obviously want to be tapped in But you don't want to use that as the initial sounding board for how how and what you should charge. Right. The reason why you don't want to do that is because all you'll do is base what you're charging on what the one of the industry leaders is charging without you ever really doing the math on if this will get you and your business and your lifestyle that you want Right? Because you have no context to their behind the scenes. You don't. So when you're just arbitrarily basing uh your what you want to charge based upon what you see your peers charging, it's a strong chance you could be missing the mark there significantly. Right. So I'm not saying it's not important to do that research. All I'm saying is it's not the first on the list. Like get your numbers right first. Now you're doing market analysis to see, okay, well, how do I compare? Um, in the market for my price point based upon what my competitors are charging, because in the age of Google, right, there's a strong chance that your ideal client will say, okay, well, let me see what so-and-so is charging, right? The beautiful thing about it, though, is that price is only an issue in the absence of value. So the the real reason why you're doing market research is so that you can see relative to what other people are charging are you providing a similar or higher level of value because worst case scenario if you still want to charge the same prices just provide more value it doesn't mean necessarily add a bunch of different um line items to what your your service offering is it just means how can i provide more value and sometimes you know value can be it's it can be arbitrary it could value could be you know You have a certain level of experience, and because of that experience, your process is more refined. Um, It could be a lot of things. Value could be the fact that you uniquely only serve certain types of people, so they're paying for the expertise of that niche. And then quite frankly, value is whatever you say it is, right? What you think you're worth, so will they, right? What you think you're worth, so will they. And so, you know, and quite honestly, with marketing psychology, if a person is given three options and there's a premium option, uh, a low ticket option and a mid tier option, at minimum, the person is going to choose the middle, right? Because if they choose the top option without knowing anything about the product, uh, then they could potentially feel like they're going to overpay I and mean, they'll have buyer's remorse. If they know nothing about the product and they buy the lowest one, they're going to feel like, man, I probably got uh, the cheap thing, right? It's probably not even good. But if they know nothing about the product at minimum, they'll go with the mid tier because that's safe right middle of the road. So, you know, don't be afraid to charge your worth, because at the end of the day, as long as you can articulate your value and you're speaking to a very specific person, then they will buy your product or service. Okay, now let's talk about the last step in the process. Right. So just to do a quick recap so far we talked about counting the costs, which is step one. Step two, identifying what the ideal life and business looks like. Step three, what do you need to sustain your business? Number four, what do you need to grow your business? Five, identify the level of work that is required to deliver your product or service. Six, Doing your market analysis, what are uh, other industry leaders doing, and how does that compare or stack up to what you're doing? And then, seven, create the plan, or as my good friend Britton likes to say, run the play. Okay, so once you've done steps one through six, now it's time to create that plan to say, All right, you know, this is exactly what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, why I'm going to do it. So that I can build the business and life that I love. Okay. And most importantly, I'm building a business that that is going to create the resources that I need to build the business and the life that I love. And personally, that is the approach that I recommend that you take to quantifying your value. Don't just charge it because you think that's what people will pay. Don't just charge it because you know that's what uh, Suzy Q down the street is charging. I'm always terrible with like improv names. I gotta do better. like who is Suzy Q? anywho but charge based upon real metrics like I need to charge this to make my business and my life work like you're actually doing the work to figure out okay, well, if I'm working this amount of time and I want to do these things, I need need this amount of money to pay my employees. I need this amount of money to pay myself, this amount of money to like, right. You put, you quantify that and it's like, okay, well, based upon the amount of units or, or clients, I'm going to be able to get that's within the window of my capacity. The minimum client needs to be paying X so that it all can work. Right. And The other beautiful thing about that is it gives you a higher level of conviction of not discounting your services, right? Because now it's just not this arbitrary number that you saw from another website. Now it's, if I don't charge this, I'm not going to be able to make my ideal life and business work, right? And we remember from the other podcast that once you discount, then then guess what? You got to go out and get more clients. You go out and get more clients. Now we're back into that conversation of not living your best life because you're probably spread even thinner because you're serving more people to make up the difference you see how that works guys so stick to the plan okay I was talking to um, a, a guy that owns a billion. Dollar, two billion dollar business uh, two weeks ago and he told me that there were three a's there are three a's that you always want to consider. When building your business, now I'm in the asset management business, so um, he started with the first A being assets, but it's still applicable to you guys, right? So his way of putting it was, you have to set a minimum standard. So my business, right? You know, there's a minimum standard for um, what client you'll work with based upon the amount of assets they have, and so he says that in order to build the business that you love, you have to have a standard right? Because again, if you go below that standard, you're not going to be able to do what you need to do. So the first A is assets. I have a requisite amount of assets that you must have in order to work with me, right? How does that play out in the non-financial advisory world? Um, I have a set fee for this service to work with me in this capacity, right? Take it or leave it. Number two, Attitude, right? He expects that his clients appreciate the impact, right? That they feel good and are appreciative of the work that he does. Like, this is really valuable work, right? And he's setting the expectation that I want my clients or I expect my clients to have the right attitude for the work that we do. This isn't just you know some fly by night service we're doing some really meaningful and valuable work and I expect that that's appreciated and obviously I'm sure he says it more palatable um he said it to me very you know straightforward as another advisor giving me some advice and the last a is advocacy he expects that his clients are advocates of his service okay like I shouldn't have to spend an unnecessary amount of money on marketing because you should be sharing with people about the work that I do. And I know this might sound like a shock to you, right? A lot of people say, oh, the customer's always right. Customer doesn't owe you anything. You know, I get it. But the truth of the matter is, you know, client relationships are just that relationships. And what are relationships? They're give and take, right? Right. You know, and you get the wrong client. I say, well, I'm giving you my money. So that's what, that's all you're getting from me. But if you have, if you're dealing with the right client, right, um, the person that's the ideal fit for you and your company, then they're not going to have a problem advocating on your behalf. Right. If you tell them that, hey, I grow my business, when I look at my business plan every year, part of the way that I grow my business is by having my clients who I do my best work with telling their friends, their family, um, people that they want to trade paychecks with about what we do, right? Proactively. And when you set that standard and you set that expectation, now you're able to attract, hey, I just added a fourth, A. you're able to attract the right clientele. So guys, I hope that was helpful in understanding how to quantify your value. So we're still very early on in the year. So if you haven't really sat down and thought about, okay, why am I charging this? Am I charging this because that's all that I feel like I can charge? Am I having some type of, uh, I don't know, um, identity crisis with the level of value I think I bring to the marketplace and this is all I I feel comfortable charging? And you're self-sabotaging yourself? I don't know, right? Or are you overzealous about the fact that, you know what? I, there's some things i need to do i did my market research and everybody in the industry that's charging what i want to charge you know they're doing things at a higher level right so granted you know price and, and all that's relatively arbitrary but you also don't want to get yourself in a situation where you're putting yourself on the same level of people who have paid their dues and are delivering a value that warrants and commands a certain rate and you're just not there yet right? So there are things that go into it. You have to have some really good self-awareness and be honest with yourself about, am I there? Um, One thing I thought was really cool that I didn't mention on the last podcast, but I I came in contact with this statement, um, I think a couple of days ago, um, the reason why charging your worth is so important, uh, which is relevant to both episodes. But when you don't level up when it's time, you're robbing the people who are coming up behind you the opportunity to work with clients at their level. Right. You've been in a game five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, still charging peanuts. So naturally you're more seasoned. Hopefully, you're better than the year one um personal trainer or whoever it is, uh whatever industry you're in. And so you're by default sucking up their clients, but then nobody's happy because now the new, the new guy or girl, they're they're losing all their potential clients to the senior um advisor or senior personal trainer who has more experience but doesn't have the audacity to charge what he's worth or what she's worth, right, and so it just, again, I could add another bullet point to the last podcast, five reasons why everybody loses, um, when you don't charge your worth, right, because now you're underpaid and overworked, and that person can't get enough clients because he's not seasoned yet, so he can't get the top-tier clients that she's supposed to be getting, like, it's just, it's all bad, it's all bad, guys, so charge your worth, okay, And use the seven steps that I talked about on the show to identify what that worth is. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Um, Really appreciate you guys coming back each and every week to listen to these podcasts. You know, uh, being consistent, releasing these on a consistent basis is largely because you guys continue to show up. So, you know, if you like this episode, share it with a friend, um, tell somebody about it, subscribe, leave a review, because all of that helps spread the word and gives me the motivation and desire to continue to create this content that I hope you value. All right, guys, until next time, peace. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of The Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours? What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for listening to the Uncensored Podcast. Whether you've listened to one episode or 40 episodes, I am so grateful for you taking any amount of time out of your day to listen to my show. Now, if you like what you heard, the best way to show me that you have an appreciation for this content is to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with at least three friends because that helps us spread the word. right? We don't have a big marketing budget over here at the Uncensored uh, Podcast Studios, which is my home office, by the way. But we do have your support. And with that support, we can reach thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. So guys, thanks so much uh, for your support. Please share this with three friends and leave a review. And we'll see you on the next episode.